This is exactly right. Stepmom, stepdads, and they come into relationships and we never get the rewards of the parenting of that unconditional love. It does feel like scrutiny sometimes. Hugs and hoorays that you're there are farther between. Welcome to Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan. I'm Dr. Dan. This show is about making the world a more loving, accepting, and compassionate place, one parent, one person, and one child at a time. The key to raising healthy and engaged kids is for us parents to seek the same in our own lives while striving to be the best versions of ourselves each day. No matter who you are or where you came from, with increased awareness, you can be purposeful about leaving a healthy footprint for your children, your family, and all those you care about while living your own life to the fullest. Today's show is co-parenting from a step-parent's perspective with Moretta Moss. Moretta was born in Boston and spent the majority of her childhood in Snellville, Georgia. And the entertainment in- industry was the furthest thing from her mind. She entered college, struggled to find her path, and then asked herself one question. If I can do anything as a career, what would it be? The answer was being an actress, and this new epiphany changed the course of her life forever. Moretta's first experience with acting came when she was cast as a sorority girl in the hit film Road Trip, which was filming at her college, and it wasn't long before she was making a name for herself in the Atlanta independent film community. She teamed up with several friends to create and write the web series Died, Highlighted, and Hopeful, which she also starred in, and she's also appeared in several short films. She also wrote and starred in The Transition and was also seen in the award-winning Peggy, which premiered at the 2019 Tribeca Film Festival. In addition, she brought her talent to the role of Leah Appleton in the CBS's The Inspectors. And her big break came when she was cast as family matriarch Read Aloud in the upcoming original live-action holiday movie, A Loud House Christmas. She will also star as a real estate agent, Mary Margaret, in the dark comedy Intersection a passion project that she co-created, wrote, and starred in. And, 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 she has a new podcast called Counter Parenting about co-parenting from a step-parent's perspective. Now, more about Moretta before we get going here. In her spare time, she loves being in nature, gardening, bike riding, and camping with her stepchildren, and thrift shopping. Moretta, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow, that I love that introduction. That's great. And I also like that was pared down. Of course, you know, you know your life, but that, <laughs> that was pared down. And I think it's so exciting because I want everyone to um like this is you're peaking. You've been doing this for a while, and I feel like your career just is picking up more and more and more momentum. Well, thank you. It's I I do feel like I am the epitome of like it's in the journey because I I started pursuing acting like as a career in college and and it just never like it was always I was always doing it. Some people are like, "Oh, you know, once you say you're going to quit, then things happen." I was like, "I can't qu- quit. Mm-hmm. Like this is what I want to do." So, yeah, it's really f- fun and um I don't, I don't know. Like there's an ease I have now of like you work hard and you keep working and, and, um, you know, you can kind of define your own success cause, cause like fame and like the fame and what have you, it's, it's probably not in my stars, but the fulfillment and, um, I don't know, kind of some recognition of being seen is, is, is where I'm at. Yeah, well, and from what I've read and seen you're, you are being seen. I know maybe you're talking about there's all these different levels of being seen in the in show business. Um, from my perspective, it seems like you're being seen and you're being seen more and more. Yeah. And I, I yeah, I, I agree. And I think there's like a very lovely thing about doing your craft or creation and being seen. Like I, I, I almost thought it was like a selfish thing for a long time. And I think maybe I, that's why I butted up with it. Um, but it 
but being seen, like everyone wants to be seen, you know, yeah. like as for who we are authentically, it's not selfish. It's just like human nature. What was it, that epiphany, you know, for everyone who's out there thinking, God, I want to have that thing. What does it feel like? Like when you're like, oh my gosh, this is what I am meant to be doing. What was that experience? Um, oh, I mean, there's just so much self growth along the way that I, I don't think I can, I can pinpoint it. Um, cause I, I have been like a spiritual self-help guru, like from, from the womb of like, just trying to mm-hmm. feel whole. But then I think it's just like you grow up and you keep, you keep growing. There's a lot of books along the way that now seem just like, the um one book um was about um a a, f- a fixed or growth mindset and oh, yeah. i can probably think of mindset. that name mindset. um of mindset by carol dweck yes that was i mean that's something i read not too long ago you know within the last like 5 years but yeah thank you that was that was a book that i was like oh i have a fixed mindset like mm-hmm. i actually and now it just seems like it's so intuitive. Like, yes, I am a growing with everything being. Um, but I think that's something that 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 was a book that had kind of a little later in my life um, some An profound impact. effects. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So little little infomercial we're going to give you guys who are going, okay, what's mindset? So this is I, – I I'm glad, really glad you brought this up, Moretta. So mindset is a seminal work from Dr. Carol Dweck out of Stanford. She did all of this study on personality types and motivation, and basically she found ultimately two mindsets, a fixed-oriented mindset, as Marita said, and a growth-oriented mindset. I share with you several years and decades of having a fixed-oriented mindset and slowly moving the needle to growth. So, So everyone, a fixed mindset is where you basically feel you come into the world with whatever skills you have, and... You, it's really all about the the ending. It's all about the trophy, the part, the grade, the award, getting to the top of the mountain, um, and not about the journey. The growth mindset is that we're a constantly changing, evolving being, and with more practice and effort and hard work, we will get stronger, smarter, grow, have more experiences, and it's all about the journey, not the outcome. And that's profound to think about, whoa, I didn't even realize how much I was thinking like this and then what doors it can open to think differently. Mm-hmm. It's just freeing in your, in your own, it, like, it's just so, it's just freeing, like in your everyday being to, to know that you are a growing being and what you do matters. Yeah. Well, that was really lovely yeah, put. Yeah. I'm, I am glad I brought that up. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and as I think about it, let's just keep applying it to, because I was also reading a, uh, an interview that you had recently where you were talking about, you know, what it's like to, you know, hear the no's, right? Like in the, and, and that people in your industry, it's like, well, you better just expect to be rejected all the time. And, you know, there's, there is a, a particular kind of mindset. And really when you're, auditioning for a part, the goal, of course, is to get the part. And then either you're a success or you're a failure. But I imagine, so can you tell us like, how does a your growth mindset alter the way you look at those what are seemingly dichotomous experiences? Mm, um, I think I have realized you get the roles that are meant for you. And mm-hmm. so whether there's this like divine plan or not, um, I mean, or <laughs> there, yep. there's this synchronicity that will happen. So how, also like I, this is a little tangent, but I think I, I let myself feel the rejection um, as part of growth. So instead of like, you don't get something that you want. And then I'm just like, well, that's the way it is, you know, pucker up, you know, and, 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 and warrior through, I'm like, I am disappointed. And that is okay. Like my state of being who I am right now, this is, this is um, like, this is normal. This is, this is like human emotion. And I, 
embrace it instead of kind of guarding myself and putting up a fortress of like, this is, this is actually like, you know, you signed up for it. This is how it Mm -hmm. should be. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, it, it, sometimes it gets easier and sometimes I feel that pinch of rejection a little uh, like, you know, just like from past habits a little stronger, but, um, it is, it's like a muscle you have to work to know like it is, it is the journey. And when I show up to a role um, as like, like acting is so weird, but like as authentically myself, but as the character, uh, I, I, I enjoy that process a lot more now. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if I answered yeah. that question, yeah. but, but it's. <laughs> no, you it's did. I mean, well, here's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing is first of all, you have a, a larger belief system that you you get the parts that you're supposed to get. That's one thing, you know, sort of that's a mindset right there, right? Like if this is meant to mm-hmm. be and I'm going to have this part, I will get it. If not, I'll move on. And also I just hear you stepping into, into auditions and into roles as a process and understanding that disappointment can be very much part of the human process. Yeah, and not trying to label disappointment as bad. I think like gives this mm-hmm. like dichotomy of you know you get it or you don't. You feel good or you feel bad. Right. But like it's just a feeling, and yeah. feelings are really lovely. And one of the reasons why I love being an actor. Yep, I love to yep. feel. Yes. <laughs> we so we have a we have a lot to talk about with parenting, co-parenting, and step-parenting. Um, but before so, before we do that, I want to stay on the acting thing here, which is okay. You've got so much going on right now, and so this might be tough for to answer. Like, what are you most excited about in all of these roles? From you know, you're writing, you're creating, you're acting. What, what, it, what, what right now is really exciting for you? Uh... Um, oh, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is this, like, like being validated for a lot of that hard, like the journey mm-hmm. and the work. Um, cause uh, bef- before there was always a, a thing of like, gosh, I'm not getting it cause I'm not good enough. So that, that creeps mm-hmm. in. But now I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you don't get it if it's not your role, but, um, but people are, are saying like, I'm, I'm kind of taking in the, the compliments and like people mm-hmm. are that people have like said things to me this i don't know how this sounds but i mean when i was at second city like people would email mm-hmm. me like i when i was in my grad show there and be like oh my my friend just wanted you to know my friend like he thought you were like just a star or something like that and i'd be like oh that's nice but that but i'm not yeah. and yeah. now i'm like gosh thank you <laughs> just yeah. thank you um yeah. but i'm excited to be able to like 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 budget is so important um, um, when you're creating something. And mm-hmm. as you kind of level up and get seen, uh, there's more money involved. So I'd love, I just want to kind of create more, whether mm-hmm. it is independently and being able to have access to um, a little more money to to really do justice to a project and to the crew and cast also involved. or um, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's something that ex- excites me that. Nice. Nice. I, um, you know, you talk about how your epiphany of wanting to become an actor was in college. I'm imagining that you have always had a creative streak much uh, prior to that. Uh, maybe, but I, I, uh... Yeah, I, I always had like a very like connection to um like people as far as I like in high school I auditioned for um like advanced production, but I also really wanted to be a peer leader. I remember being in like eighth grade touring the high school and this like amazing peer leader showed us around the school and I was like, I wanna do that. I wanna like get people excited about that and it happened at the same period this theater and peer leading and i chose peer leading so <laughs> that's so funny uh and I, so i don't I, I maybe i was always creative but it wasn't something that i i had nurtured at all mm-hmm. i mean sure we put on plays in our garage and 
there was a, I, you, I don't know if you know this, the kids incorporated, it was kind of like the Mickey yep. mouse club. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it was only on for a couple of seasons, but man, I loved that show. I wanted to be, I did mm-hmm. want to be on, on that and entertain, but, but if I had to choose, like, I think having that peer leader experience was something that I valued. Um, I, I really valued at the time. And then there's, cause there is something about a film set. I love theater and I love improv, but there's something about a film set with hundreds of people working together to create yeah. one thing. I like find myself really liking logistics as well. And, uh, well watching logistics. I don't understand. Like, I'm just yeah. like curious, how did people know how to do that? So I think the film stepping on the film set was, um, it was like a, business. There were so many like things that fit together at that moment. Um, and, and it did seem tangible and that's when I Mm -hmm. really started realizing I was creative. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's so much to growing up, you know, is it there? (laughs) Well, and maybe the conduit of your creativity, what I'm hearing is you're really drawn to people and those connections and the collaboration and that like, it all happens for you within these relationships. I think so. Yeah, I like I like how you put that. Which is really funny because now I feel very much like I like my introvertness is, yep. has really come full swing. I feel uh, so when I say people, sometimes that like I like people. I do, but it also is like I I am I have I have a I'm very much more aware of my limits of mm-hmm. of yeah. um, needing to recharge and. Yeah. Feel like that time is precious as well. Yeah. Well, and the word that um, that you are saying often, which of course is so aligned with this show, is awareness. And so it it is as you've worked on yourself and you've read all of those books, and it's like with with maturity comes this wisdom and this increased awareness, and really like knowing who we are, what our strengths are, what our challenges are, where we do our best, where we thrive, where we don't. Like this is all part of that that growing journey. Yeah, it is of realizing like the boundaries we need to set with other people, with ourselves Mm -hmm. and, and what we like want and can, and like what we accept for ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) So you're having these, so these parallel, these parallel paths, we have the path of actress, creator, writer, producer, all that stuff. And then we have this other path of co-parent, step-parent, this whole other four-lane highway, which also demands quite a bit of creativity. It's something. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's something that I didn't, I, I, I kind of had a fairy tale, um, uh, like vision of it. And maybe that's just my, my, uh, like, uh, creative, like want to want to be like watching too many um, movies. Uh, yeah, the you know step parenting was something. When I met my partner, he we met on Bumble, and mm-hmm. he didn't put in the notes that he had kids. And um, and I don't know if that would have changed. Who knows if that would have changed? Total things. oversight, um, but it, was it wasn't a total oversight, yes. not intentional at all, right? Yeah. I feel I, I have a lot of compassion for him because he um, he felt like it, he it was hard for him to say the word divorce because he felt like it made him feel like a a failure, and I. I have compassion for that now. Um, but at the time I was like, just say it, you know, own it. You have to. Um, so that is something that, uh, you know, uh, yeah. So I, I don't know what, how life would have changed if it was in the notes, but like, yeah. Uh, step parenting is something that, that just, I came into and, um, it's, it's been quite a, quite a journey. So tell, so for, you know, this is, of course, a very common role that people play these days, Um, not only co-parent, but step-parent, blended families. It is, um, so it's part of our, it's a very much a part of our culture, and it is complex. So like what, what, 
you obviously were new and novice to this. You've been doing it for a while and now you have a show to talk about it, a podcast to talk about it. <laughs> what yeah. could you, what would you say what you're, what you were thinking going in and how that thinking evolved with your actual experience of being a step parent, co-parent? Mm, right. I think going into it, it was like kind of dreamy because we had, uh, you know, he is a great dad and we had this, um, this life of this like family. And then we also had this lovely other half cause he has the kids half the time, this, uh, quiet dating time. And that was something as for me, like I like got the, the best side of, of both of it, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the family, uh, dynamic, but also like, time to recharge. Loved it. Um, and then I think, uh, like things just like get more real. There's more responsibilities. Like as a single dad, like you, like, you know, having the kids half the time can't do it all. Just like a mom can't as far as having a job, raising two kids. So, um, so balancing like what my role was in that, um, where it was not necessarily always explicitly stated. Um, sometimes like it just kind of like got rolled in into everyday life. Uh, so that was something that was like a, a learning thing. I think over the pandemic and virtual schooling mm-hmm. was something that just um, brought a reality when you're like, when you have a, a kindergartner, like virtual schooling, it's a, uh, it's not challenging, not, me- not meant to be that way. No. No, not at all. I mean, they love their devices until yeah. <laughs> they have yeah. to sit in front of it and, and listen to a, a teacher. Right. Um, yeah, that was that was that was something. And I, uh, I think we have a special. Well, it's not special, but there's. I don't have any kids. My like biological kids, so mm-hmm. that um, puts me. It always feels like a little on the outside as far as like uh, like there is this family, I sometimes feel like if you had a, an, a biological kid, it would like cement this, this family dynamic a little, a little mm-hmm. more. If I don't, I, mm-hmm. I see that in a lot of my friends who, um, kind of have a somewhat similar situation, but then they, then they like, they actually become the matriarch of the family because they have their own child. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, like and I hate to say own that's not what I'm but they're biological, biological. child bringing right. it in um right. yes and then um there's you know there's other there's a whole other household parenting right. Right. the children as well and I think my my podcast is called counter parenting because it is it is not always a co-parenting relationship <laughs> right. uh, so right. so that's where right. a lot of the challenges come in when you're right. raising the same children Right. Completely different. Well, yeah. th- and that's really, um, it's a real creative way of talking about a concept which happens within um, families that are, um, it's, it happens both in families that are, I'm going to use the word intact families versus divorced families. I'm not sure if that's the exact right word, but one parent does <laughs> one thing. Another parent does another thing to offset that thing. And then because one parent thinks that the first thing was done a little too much, the other parent does the other way, maybe a little more than they would to try to balance. And that can just get, I mean, again, it happens in home, one home, but it can get exponentially more complex in a whole other home as well. Right. I I think that is, that is it because even my partner and I, the way we parent isn't the same all the time. Mm -hmm. And to have two people that consciously split because of disagreements and what have you, um, it really gets highlighted how, how sometimes it doesn't even, it's not about the kids, but about just that, that power play between two adults. It is something to watch. So as the step parent coming into the situation, 
what have you learned, you know, what, like where, where have you, did you have to learn the boundaries were, I think about like when the stove is hot, like, oh, that's a little warm. And then you touch something, you're like, oh, you get burned. You're like, okay, that was a little too much. Like, did you have some of those situations where you were figuring out where the boundary was with your parenting and co-parenting? Uh, it is, it is a, it is a, it is a, it is a thing I will say because things were like, I can think of like the first year with the the kids and I was kind of, I didn't want to have the stepmom role and I, um, I was trying to just be Moretta, you know, like mm-hmm. the kind of like cool aunt vibe and, yep. And I wanted to be the one that they could just talk to, you know, no judgment. Uh, And then, like, I don't know exactly what happened, but I was told that I can't do certain things from the kids because I don't have my own kid. Mm. I don't have my own kids. So I don't have a – I don't have – credentials right that the credentials to um like take care of them uh and and even like like discipline and i i have my idea of discipline is being like consistency um so when you have sometimes a a a five-year-old there's like a there's not like there's not necessarily punishment but there's like hey you know we don't do Mm -hmm. that or you know Mm -hmm. don't Mm -hmm. you know say please, or, you know, talk, like, you can't just talk like that. And, and I'd like to see consequences too. Um, I mean, I guess we do, he more than me, yeah. like it's a gentle parent, does the gentle parenting. Right. And, um, but I think you have two different kids that sometimes don't take to parenting the same way. So that was something that was, uh, yeah. like yeah. it to hear it from a child because, it is being talked about in another household really right. um, strikes a chord with you, makes you very right. aware of ever like what your movements and, and how it can be perceived. And you like, and that is something right. that I don't, I don't really like. I, I want to no. be like authentic in me. And I, I have like a good heart. I'm not perfect, but I really made me realize that stepmoms and I, I think, I still believe this after like many episodes of the podcast and talking to other people, but it, it feels like stepmoms can't have a bad day. Um, mm. Like, mm. because it, 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 the kids can interpret that another way, especially when you don't have this co-parenting relationship where like, like sometimes like there's dives into what happens at dad's house or what happens, you know, what, what, what did, and the, uh, there's just been, it's a so lot. It, we yeah. we started out great, and I think the more I cemented myself in their lives, I realized it's it's not just my relationship with the kids. It's like this big umbrella of right of not scrutiny, but just like a, a more awareness. Yeah, well, and I think maybe scrutiny is <laughs> fair as well, like under the microscope, because I think you're you're making an important point, which is like if you just have a bad day, and it happens to coincide with a difficult life situation with one of the kids or in your home there, it's like, Oh, well, Oh, well that's cause you don't like us, right? Like you don't like us and you don't, I, I mean, everything can be taken out of context. And, and what I'm hearing from you also is almost like this extra, this extra layer that you have to prove yourself in a sense. Like you have to, here's my papers. Here's the classes I've took. Here's what legitimizes me to be one of your caretakers. When you're just showing up with love and in a role and wanting to be, you know, a significant part of your family. Yeah. I, that is, that, that is what it feels like. And, and it's a really hard, um, place to discuss as well, which is why I wanted to start my podcast because, um, I, I can understand like I, as even as an actor, like if, if another person came in to my kid's life and they loved her like openly, like I could feel that pinch. Like I, I want, I want, I like the fact that I don't have my kids full time. Like I, you know, it's, I can imagine that it mm-hmm. would, um, that would be hard. So I under, right. 
understand. Right. But I also would feel that and then move on to a place of like, I am so glad my kids have more, more like this, more people to care about them. But I, but that um, is something that I, I don't know if it's happened yet. And something I learned, you know, about kids, I, about, they kind of feel like they have finite love to give like a fixed mindset sometimes in terms of love. So if they give love to mom, they, um, they feel like it's a betrayal to give love to another woman. And that's the mother position. So that's also where they're at. Exactly. And I think though, that is a really important point because we have to take everything into consideration with child development and brain development. And so this is actually huge. So when we think about young child and early child development, their, their brains are very, their, their processing is very concrete. It's very black and white. You don't get to abstraction until you start to get towards pre-adolescence and adolescence. And so the idea of this is my mom and I love my mom. This is my dad and I love my dad. And here's my stepmom that I'm actually have feelings for. But wait, there's no box for that. that like, there's no box for that because I can't love two moms and it is really from a brain development it that 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 isn't like cognitively really possible until the kids get a little older to be able to hold both of those things at once so it can be very confusing for them yeah oh and it's that that like pulls my heartstrings because yeah and which is why i wanted to like stay as as like the cool aunt the moretta Mm -hmm. um but you know you the more time you spend together and kind of, I, I love uh, the family dynamic that develops, but, but now I, I realize, um, that I, it takes me a little longer even in relationships too. Like I, like if I feel, um, kind of hurt or wronged, like I, I, I like sit with that feeling and I process it and it's not like in five minutes I'm done with that process. I, it can take me like a day, um, to be like, mm-hmm. Oh, that hurt. And I, I don't, I, I don't know how to move this through my body right now, this feeling mm-hmm. of like feeling hurt or unappreciated or, um, that I, uh, that I get a little more closed off sometimes in Mm -hmm. our, like in the relationship with the kids. That's something Mm -hmm. that I have seen develop and I am just aware of and trying to, to work through. It's, it's not all, you know, roses. No, it never is. So there's this concept of co-parenting, which ideally one is doing with their partner that they are in a relationship with. And then there's the idea that you have coined, which I really like, which is counter parenting, which could sometimes, I mean, it happens within the home as we talked about, but it can happen quite frequently with another household and in a divorce situation where you're trying to counter. Um, how, so how, how important is communication with your partner in all of this? And, and, and how has that grown over time or changed over time? Uh, I, there's, um, Hmm, we Mm. are good communicators and I think his relationship with his ex partner has changed and grown. And I understand, um, sometimes because I'm in the picture and, and now have like more opinions, I think of, Mm um, of how he, like of his rights just as a father. And, um, so, so that they used to, I feel like communicate after their divorce, the way they communicated mm-hmm. while they were together. Like I very imagine common. just like very common combative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, let's, let's not keep doing the same thing, you know, because it clearly, it, it doesn't work. And, and like whatever is happening over text or whatever, like I don't like that is that just doesn't seem like it's worth anybody's time. So I like to just I I I like like clear boundaries. Like this is what's you know what I'm gonna do. I don't need to if you're not gonna if you're gonna like 
like, like a pick on me for something. I don't have to, like, I know where I'm at. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. have to defend myself um, because, Mm -hmm. because different households, different rules. Um, I think we became aware that that, that that was what was happening, that it is not, it is not necessarily the, just the best interest. Things can be decided. And because of one reason or another, it can just be flipped on and like kind of aggressively. And that is not, that is not, that's not co-parenting. That's not working together for the betterment of the kids. Um, So it becomes, it became counter parenting. There's a whole other thing of parallel parenting. Once you, you get out of like, you cannot work together. Like it's just so hostile that parallel parenting Mm -hmm. is where you just like mom and dad don't even talk to each other anymore because they can't for, I mean, one reason or another. Now this is like more of a, roller coaster and I I can uh, my partner has been like so lovely with letting me talk about it um mm-hmm. I I'm sure it it also is something that um pinches him as well to being yeah. kind of exposed but it's I, I'm almost like this is it's not like my superpower being a step parent but it's just something that has like transformed me as a person and I feel like I have a just a kind of unique maybe not unique, but some, an experience that I didn't realize was out there in the world. Uh, so it's really helpful for me to talk about, figure it out and, um, kind of build a community, um, of it so that I don't feel so alone in it. Cause, cause it, it's, it's something that he's got his own things to deal with as a, as a dad, you know, a divorced dad and like, like parenting like that. And I, and, uh, I, I can only take up so much of his bandwidth with my right. step parenting woes. <laughs> so how has it transformed you? Because this is important for people to hear, right? The opportunity and transformation that comes from that can come from being a step parent. It is transformative in a way that you I like am ownership of of being a, like a parent and having um, value in these kids' lives that are mm-hmm. at our house, uh, half the time. Um, and, and not just being like sitting on the bleachers all the time, watching like this family being raised. Cause I am part of the family. So that was a, that was a stepping into the arena, I guess is, is a, a way to put that. I, I still have, um, like kind of I've I know my boundaries and I know I feel like I know like the type of people that I I deal with and I and I set those boundaries because of that so um so knowing like like knowing how important communication is with my partner and um but but like like owning my power, my feelings are valid in, in it. And my relationships are valid in this dynamic. Yeah. And you matter and you matter, matter. (laughs) right? I mean, in these kids lives, you matter. Yeah. I, I like to, I, I want to, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I do like, you know, um, one of the youngest doesn't remember like his life without me in it. Cause that was like, he was a little over two when we, when yeah. we met. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. It's real. So it is, it is very real. Yes. So I've listened to a few of your, your podcast episodes. Um, you had a divorce attorney, the narcissistic mm-hmm. expert. That's a, the narc- that's a whole other that's a whole nother realm um, for people who are partnered or step partnered with narcissists. Um, that's a whole nother show. Very, very challenging, yeah. very difficult for anyone who's out there dealing with this. What, what has the show brought you? What have, what have, you know, what has it done for you to have these conversations? You know, it's, it's a work in progress. The, the podcast, because like, like just hats off to you. This is, it's a, it's, it's work, it's time consuming. And, and it also is, um, you know, it, it's, it's diving deep into the stuff. I think what I have gotten out of the podcast 
is sometimes like validation for for some feelings um, mm-hmm. and, and like a little more knowledge, like realizing, like talking about child development, like this is, this is uh, like how um, children behave or like, you know, what we can expect for them. So like balancing expectations. And, you know, I just talked about like, like it, this has been a transforming experience in finding my power. I also found that I am in a, like kind of a, a powerless position as well. Mm-hmm. Like I am all, I am still like the odd man out um, as far as like having actual like sayings, um, mm-hmm. like a power over, like, and I'm not, yeah. maybe power isn't the right word, but um, I, do, I understand what you're saying. So yeah. finding like extra knowledge and then realizing that my feelings are valid. But I also think that I, I do want to, um, I like the podcast was not set up to be a, like a, this is what happened to me and, and, uh, right. commiserate right. with like the bad stuff. But sometimes yeah. I, I like everything there's, there's been a, it's called counter parenting podcast for a reason. So there's a lot of, of yeah. things that I'm like, I want to know if this is okay. Am I justified yeah. in thinking this, but I don't want to, I don't want to be that person. That's like, I'm, I'm this, yeah. and, you know, I don't want to, I say the victim. I don't want to, I'm not the victim in any of this. I am actively right. participating and I, 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 I don't want to tell like, whoa stories, but there's a part of me that does. Yeah. And I acknowledge that. And I, and I'm trying to like balance like all of that. (laughs) Yeah. I understand it. Um, and this is just such an important conversation. Um, and for you to put out there, it's, this is a real thing. Like I said, that happens to it's, it's millions and millions of us are in these situations. Humans are in these situations and it is complex it is hard mm-hmm. it is can be rewarding and for so many their step parent can be one of the most influenceable and influenceable and most important person in their life right i mean it's like it's the whole gamut um or i should also say not to be just too pollyannish about it or that person could be their nemesis um like it's there's just so many complexities to it and it's so important because the role is so important in this village that it takes to raise human beings, particularly these days. Yeah, it is. It is. It is all of that. So what you said, like it is just so common and the focus should always, I, I think, should always be like the kids. But mm-hmm. this, like a happy, happy, like. I mean, this is, I don't like this saying, but like happy wife, happy life. Like if you have like a happy, like adults, then you, Mm -hmm. I would think you would raise happy children, but uh, like children are very perceptive. They can feel tension. Like, um, you know, when, and this is something like that. It's like when someone says, my mom says, you don't like me, like her. And I'm like, I like, I, I don't even remember what I said, but I was like, you know, I, this was like early earlier yeah. on. And I was like, I, I've only met your mom what once, but I know she, she must be a, um, like a good person if she's raising two great kids. Like, why right. am I put in that? Like right. that, that's, not, that's not, that's weird to put yeah. me in like, and, and I, so mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like stepmom, stepdads, and they come into relationships and, um, and I, I say this, um, you know, we kind of, we never get the rewards of the parenting of that unconditional love. Like right. it's this, it's this, it is, it does feel like scrutiny sometimes because right. you're, you're dealing with like the raising, the cooking dinner, you know, yeah. the laundry and, uh, and the putting to bed and making sure the yeah. teeth are brushed. And, and then, um, but like those like hugs and, and, um, and hoorays that you're there, uh, yeah. are, are farther between, you know, and, and that's just reality. It is. It is. Excuse I me. want to offer the long haul perspective. Um, now that I've been a parent much longer and have known so many people who've gone through the life course is that 
you know, things do change over time when the kids aren't kids anymore and they have choice on their relationships and who they're connected with. And it's really special, the relationships that endure for a lifetime after getting through what is a very intense but short period of childhood. Yeah, that is, thank you. That is something that I, I, I know and I forget and it is, it is a long, it's not just this childhood journey. It is, it is the long haul. Um, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that thought. So it's time for the parent footprint moment question. Here we go. Tell us about a time that you became aware of yourself as an individual as a parent, or even an awareness of your own parents. And this new awareness had a positive impact on your life, your kids, or and or those you love. Oh, you know, I think of, um, like, my mother, I, I think of her sort of how I think of my partner's ex-wife, like their dynamic is very similar. And I am constantly trying to see what I need to learn from, from this that maybe I didn't learn from my experience in, in, um, childhood, or maybe I did. And this is just part of life, Mm -hmm. but, um, but so I, I kind of put my mom in, in this box of like, of, what motherhood was, is, Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. having this relationship now with stepkids, um, defining my own, like, like motherhood, this goes to, um, in acting there, we used to do this exercise, um, a Meisner exercise and, and people would, would go to me and they would say like, you're motherly, you're motherly. And I, I, hated it. I hated someone Mm -hmm. when I was younger saying that I was motherly because it didn't have this warm, um, like what I would think, what, what other people may think of as a mother. It has like a very like strict dictating, um, kind of more of a conditional love. And, Mm -hmm. and so what I have learned is love might be con additional in a lot of aspects that we don't realize like like a mother's love to a child is what is unconditional but a child's love to a mother doesn't have to be unconditional it is you can set boundaries on the way you're treated um and 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 um so yeah i guess what i'm trying to say is i've just like refocused what i think motherhood is what it can mean to me. And I'm really like fostering, um, love. Uh, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to foster that unconditional love, um, with no judgment. And I realize I might, I don't know if I have more compassion for my mom or not because of it, because it it is sometimes challenging when your feelings are hurt and kids, uh, kids are not there to perform for you and make you feel good. They don't, I mean, you know, so, yeah. so just taking, taking that, trying to, trying to foster the love yeah. and, and, and a new form of motherhood, like for myself. And I love the, again, the awareness, the awareness of the connection for your idea of motherhood from your own experiences with your own mother and what that felt like and how you want to do it differently and be aware of how one feeling can influence another feeling. So I, I just, that's, thank you for sharing that and um, modeling that again, the, 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 the complexity of all of this and being willing to grapple with it. Cause I think that's what we all need to do is, is just grapple with the layers of our experience in our relationships. It's not easy. Um, and um, it's important to talk about. Yeah, I think so. Communication yeah. is, is really important on all. Yeah on all levels. And, and I don't, I'm not, I I mean, sometimes I'm like, maybe I am the evil stepmom. And that is, that is why it's a trope because I'm just, I'm all of the things sometimes, but I, I do, I do try and try and foster, foster Mm -hmm. the love. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing 
Moretta, thank you for sharing your experience um, and your path and your passion and your creativity. And tell everyone where they can see you next. Like what's what's coming down the pipe here? Oh, there's there's so many things. So it, yeah. but it, it's exciting. But you can yeah. uh, like follow me like at Moretta Moss um, on Instagram and Twitter, uh, and also check out the Counter Parenting Podcast. Um, it's a work in progress, but we're we're getting somewhere. And um, and then you know I'm. Like this is if you go to Paramount Plus on Nickelodeon, um, a Loud House Christmas, the live action. I, you know, it's it's go. It should be a holiday favorite if you haven't seen it and you have some young kids. As adults, you can like power through it and get some joy out of it. And then I mean, uh, there's like TBDs because um, yes. we like yeah. as an actor, sometimes you have to sign like non disclosure yeah. agreements and stuff. Nice. So um, just just keep an eye out. Keep yeah. an eye out for Moretta Moss, everyone. You heard it. Awesome. Moretta, thank you so yeah. much. Thank you. It was a joy. I really appreciate ha you having me on and like the nuanced of step parenting that like, you know, everyone's story is different, but there are still like these through lines that come through. So I for appreciate sure. it. For sure. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you for your five-star reviews, for sharing this episode with all those you know will benefit and for being a part of our community. Do your very best to be that person you want your child to become while being compassionate and having compassion for yourself. And ask yourself the guiding question I ask myself each day, what footprint do you want to leave? This has been a Peters and Rossi production. Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan is produced by Laura Rossi. Our engineer is Phil Rossi. Theme music is Strummerman, composed and performed by ProTunes. Artwork is by Garrett Ross. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Parent Footprint Podcast and on Twitter at Dr. Dan Peters. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Listen, follow, and leave us a review on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can listen to new episodes one week early on Amazon Music or early and ad-free, plus bonus episodes by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Follow Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show.